the title of my message, if you're writing notes, those that trust God are obedient. Now, we're still busy with a um, um, series, trusting in God, trusting God. And I believe this is probably, we, we'll be concluding it either next week or the week after. Uh, because in the first service, I did not finish what I spoke about. Um, probably will be the same again now, and we'll conclude it next week. And the week after, we'll be uh, concluding this uh, series that we've been doing on trusting God. It's so amazing that we've been talking about trusting God since the beginning of the year. And we are in May, and we're still talking about trusting God. Wow. So if you missed all the teachings from the beginning of the year, uh, we have come a long way to be where we are. Uh, we've actually covered so, so, so much when it comes to trusting God. Praise God. Now, it says here, those that trust God are obedient. Say this to me. Say, when I trust God, I become an obeyer of the word of God. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to James chapter number 1, verse 22. James 1, 22. How many of you guys are happy that you are back in your home? Can I see? I know you guys uh, feel like clear hope is not a good move. Can I see? Okay, Monge's hand almost went up, went down. Tando's hand is up. Marshall's hand. How many of you guys think that we should close clear hope and only be in Florida? Can I see? Okay. All right. How many of you guys think that we are good here? It's good that we open doors here. You guys are born again. You don't. Praise God. All right. James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be what? Come on, help me. Be what? Doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. All right. Now, the word deceiving comes from the word deception. To deceive or when you are in deception, it is when you are misinformed or you are fooled or you are believing a lie or anything that is not in line with the word of God. That is being deceived. There's deception right there. Amen? Now, the Bible says, uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. So, in other words, if... All I do is to just hear the word. The Bible says that I am in deception. If all I do is only to hear the word, the Bible says that I, then I am fooled, right? I'm fooled by who? By me. I am fooling myself. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. So the word of God is not intended only to be heard. The word of God is intended to be heard and applied, Right? So to do the word is to apply the word. To do the word is to do the word. Is to do what God says. If I do not do what God says, I am only hearing what God says, but I never practice what God says. The Bible says I am deceiving myself. I am lying to myself. I am fooling myself. Hearing the word of God will not get me the results. I need not only to hear but also to do what? To do. Say, I must be a doer 
of the word of God. Now to do the word is to obey the word. Amen? Say, when I do the word, I am obeying the word. If I am not doing the word, I am disobeying the word. All right. Remember, we're talking about those that trust God are obeyers. So, meaning, those that trust God, they practice what God says. Amen? If God says do that, they do it. If God says do not do that, they do not do that. If God says go there, they go. If God says don't go there, they do not go there. Are you with me? They are always in line with the word of God. They are always in harmony with the word of God. Are you with me? They don't go one direction and the word of God goes the other direction. They do everything in their power to be in alignment with the word of God. Are you with me? And that's what we should be doing as believers. We must be in alignment with the word of God. Amen, family? Let's go to John 14. John chapter number 14. Say, I'm an obey of the word. I'm a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. John 14, verse number 15. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Jesus says, if you love him, obey, you will obey his commandments. So Jesus says, loving me is not proven by only hearing what I say, but loving me is proven by what? Doing what I say. If you love me, keep my commandments or obey my instructions. To listen to the word of God is not proof that we love God. To do the word of God is proof that we love God. How do we prove to God that we love him? When we do the word of God. You see, the kingdom of God has principles in which it functions by. There is order when it comes to the kingdom of God. That's why when things are out of order, when you are really in tune with the Spirit of God and how God does things, when things are out of order, they will, they will, they will interfere with your spirit. They will affect your spirit because God is a God of order. Are you with me? We don't just do whatever we want, whenever we want, with whoever we want, it, wherever we want. No. There is a way in which things are done. Now, in the kingdom of God, there is obedience. And if there is obedience, that means there must be what? Instruction. Amen, family? Because there is no obedience without instruction. So there must be an instruction given in order for us to obey. Now, we're living in a time, in a generation whereby people don't like being told what to do. People just don't like being instructed. They don't want to be told what to do. People want to do what they, what they want to do whenever they want to do it. That's not how the kingdom of God functions. If you go throughout the Bible and read scriptures, you will find out how God gave instructions and how servants of God, children of God, had to obey what God said. Amen? In fact, Jesus himself says, he says, I do nothing unless my father tells me. So in other words, whatever I do is that which I am told. And when God wants to use people, when God wants to use someone, God never looks for perfect people because there are no perfect people. All right? Even the one who's talking to you right now, trust me, he's not perfect at all. God does not use perfect people. God uses people that are willing. The Bible says if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So people that are willing are those that do not have pride. Pride is an enemy of obedience. 
When you are full of pride, you are empty of God. Are you with me? Pride is an enemy of God. Pride will refuse you. Avail yourself to God. Pride will refuse you. Be obedient to God. Pride will refuse you. Forgive someone that God says you should forgive. No, I won't forgive them. Why? Because of what they did to me. But God says you should forgive them. No, I won't. So what is that? No, pride won't let me. Okay, you guys don't like that. Let me move from that. Yeah, I don't like preaching things you don't like. You know? Let's go to verse 23. The same chapter, John 14, verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will obey my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. You see, when, when verse 24 says, He who does not love me does not obey my word, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who said me. You know, sometimes when I read the Bible and I read what is said one way, I also think about the opposite of what I just read. So in other words, if I read a scripture that says here, um, he, if anyone loves me, he will obey my word. So what's the opposite of that? If anyone does not love me, won't obey my word. Can I do that with the Bible? Does that mean that? If Jesus says, if you love me, you will do what I say. Does Jesus mean that if you don't love me, you won't do what I say? That's what he says, right? So, so, so in other words, Jesus proves your love for him, not by how much you pray. Jesus proves your love for him, not by how many times you go to church. Jesus proves your love for him, not by all the goody-goody things that you do. Jesus proves your love for him by one thing and one thing only, how much you obey. So in other words, if Pastor Linda has offended me and he has hurt me and he has done me wrong, and then I go listen to the words of Jesus and Jesus says, now, now I regard him as my enemy. And the Bible says, love your enemies. And I remember what he did to me which makes me not to love him. So in other words, what he did to me makes me disobedient to what he said I must do towards him. So I allow his actions to make me disobedient to his word. And we justify this all the time. You've got no idea what they did to me. You've got no idea the pain they cost me. You've got no idea the shame they put on my life. You've got no idea, you know, it's all about you've got no idea what they did to me. You've got no idea how much I feel. You've got no idea I, I, me, me, all the time. Pride. You are full of you. Amen, family? But the minute I put myself aside, what he does to me, will not mean anything because I am empty of me. And when I'm empty of me, I am available to be full of him. But when I am full of me, there's no place for him. I am full of myself. There's no place for God. 
So God wants to empty us of ourselves so that we may be full of him. So that there is room for him to what? To fill us. And when we are filled of God, I don't care what you do to me, I will forgive you all the time. The Bible says, you say, come, 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 come for me. The Bible says, in Christ Jesus, so this is me. This is me. This is Christ Jesus. He says, in Christ Jesus, I have wronged no man. He says, the life that I live, that's Galatians, the life that I live, I live by faith in Christ. So it is no longer, it is no longer I who lives it, but Christ lives it through me. So when I am hidden in Christ, are you with me? I do not exist, but Christ exists through me. When I am hidden in his word, what I think and how I feel is irrelevant. What matters is what he says, because my life is hidden in Christ. But when I'm outside of Christ, even what Christ says don't matter because I keep putting me to the front. But God wants us to be empty of ourselves and to be full of God, full of the word, full of his instructions, and just obey, obey, obey. I told you, God does not look for perfect people. He looks for people that are less of themselves. People that are empty of themselves. People that are saying, Lord, I'm available. Use me. I'm with you. Are you getting something, family? Let's go to Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read 24, verse 24 to verse 27. Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 27. It says here, Therefore, Whoever hears the sayings of mine and obeys them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But whoever, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not obey them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. What is the Lord talking about? He's obviously not talking about a house. And he's always, obviously, not talking about a rock. He's talking about you and I. Your house is you. The house that he's referring to is you. The rock that he's talking about is the same rock that he spoke to Peter about when he said to Peter, uh, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. But on this rock, on this revelation, because he asked the disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? And they all give him different answers. Hey, some say you're the prophet. Some say you're the Messiah. Some say you're this. Some say you're all that. Some say you're Elijah. 
And then he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the living Christ. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then he said, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And upon this rock, which rock was referring to? Was referring to the revelation of Peter knowing who he is. He said, upon this revelation, say this, say, when I've got the word of God, I've got the rock. So he said, upon this rock, upon this revelation, I will build my church. And check, check this one. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell or the plans of hell or the schemes of hell or the strategies of, 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 of the evil one will not come against the church. Will come against the church, but it will not succeed. Amen? So he says, anyone who builds a house on the rock, even when things happen, the floods and the rain and everything comes, he says, that house will not be, what? Shaken. It won't fall. But anyone who does not build on the rock, the people that don't build a rock are those that are not obeyers of the word. Amen? So when I do not obey the word of God, I am building my house, my life on sand. And when my house is built on sand, the rain will come, the floods will come, and that house will fall. And the Bible says, great will be my fall. Great will be my fall when my life is not built on the word. The word of God is our foundation. The word of God is our foundation, our rock which we build our house, our life on. When our house, our lives are built on the rock, on the word of God, attacks may come. Challenges may come. Persecutions may come, tribulations may come, the rain may come, the floods may come, the lies about us may come, the gossips may come, the hatreds may come, but we'll remain still standing. Because our lives are not built on sand. We know who we are in the word of God. We know who we are according to the rock. Yes, when the challenges come, they may make us bend. We may bend. We may bend. Hello? They, they, they may hurt us, yes. They may disappoint us, yes. But when our lives is rooted and grounded on the word of God, our lives are founded on the word of God. The Bible says even if it happens that we fall, but we'll get up again. Because a righteous man falls seven times, and seven times he does what? He gets back up again. Are you with me? Why? What makes us get up again? The word of God that is in. The word of God won't allow you to remain on the floor. The word of God won't allow you to remain down. I don't care what happens to you. I don't care the challenges that you face. I don't care what the devil does at you. If he makes you fall, he, the word won't let you remain down, but you will always get back up again and rise up to the top. Of whatever that he throws at you. Are you with me, family? So our lives must be built on the word. When my life is built on the word, say, I don't care what you do to me. The word of God will still force me to love you. You see, it is the word of God that enables us to do godly. I cannot do godly without the word of God. Because in me, there is nothing good. Are you with me? 
There's nothing good that dwells in me. But the word in me that I obey will force me or compel me to love you, to do good. People that walk around in hatred and angry with everybody, they lack the word. They simply lack the word. If I stop feeding my spirit with the word of God, you'll see how ugly I can be. Ugly people are wordless people. Because the word of God won't leave you ugly. If you're an ugly person, I'm not taking ugly appearance, right? Talking about <laughs> if, you, if, if your behavior is ugly, if you are, if, you listen, the word of God changes. You see, my opinions won't change your life. The word of God will change your life. If I see an area in my life whereby I'm not godly, I know I lack the word. I lack the rock. I lack the scriptures. So I find some scriptures concerning whatever that I'm lacking and I meditate on that word until that word becomes a revelation in my spirit. And when it becomes a revelation, then it revolutionizes my life. And my life changes because the word of God will not return void, but it will always accomplish that which God has sent it to do. It's been sent to change my life. It's been sent to change my direction. It's been sent to change the way how I think. It's been sent to change how I treat people. So the word of God will change all that. It's been sent even when I'm hurt to turn my head into joy. Turn my mourning into dancing. Are you with me? Turn my mourning into dancing. You know what that means? It's not talking about mourning when you wake up. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It is referring to waking up, but not in the morning. Some people wake up at night. <laughs> some people sleep in the morning and some wake up at night. You see, when you wake up is when you get that revelation. When you wake up is when you get that understanding. When you wake up is when you catch what the word is saying. Wow! This is what the word of God says. When you catch what the word of God says, the word of God now turns your morning into joy. So, when revelation comes, there's morning to you. When there's no revelation, you're sleeping, oh? You're sleeping. As the person that you say, how long are you sleeping? My man, if you meet someone who is not a doer of the word, they're sleeping. No, no, there's nothing wrong with them. Don't hate them. There's nothing. They're just sleeping. Pray that they wake up. If you meet someone who is still refusing to do what God says, they're sleeping. God has been telling you for so long to bless your neighbor. With that spare stove that you have. Because they don't have a stove. You've got two. But no, when are you going to hold on to the stove for in case this one breaks? You've got faith that this one will break and you will need this one. No, no, no. No, no. I want to hold on to this in case. Wow, I love your faith. God says give, 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 give. So you are sleeping. God says give. You don't want to give. You're sleeping. The day you get the revelation of releasing, hey, morning has come. You have woken up. God has been telling you, treat that wife properly. Treat that wife properly. When's hmm? this? Why is it mm, so loud? Did you hear how mm, that is? 
You, you know, you know, God has been saying, he said, what does the scripture say? Love your wife as Christ loved the church. You see, let me not talk too much about marriage. I'm going to be talking too much about marriage next week. You don't want to miss it. But let me give you a little bit. Because we're talking about being a doer of the word. You see, the reason why we are not doers of the word is because we find reasons that are discouraging us from doing what the word of God says. So when it comes to, for instance, forgiveness, we keep mentioning how we have a right not to forgive because of what they did to us. God did. Listen, if they don't do anything to you, you don't need to forgive, right? The reason why there is forgiveness is because there is an offense. So you need to be offended in order for the offender to be forgiven. Otherwise, there's no need for forgiveness. There has to be offense for, 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 for forgiveness to, to exist, to operate. You must come every Sunday. You see how much you're helping me preach? I need you. I need you. So you must be here all the time. Are you with me, family? So now, um, if there's no enemy, how can I love those that do me wrong? In fact, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, God prepares a table in the presence of my, in the presence of my, So what is a table for? A table is for... Sitting and dining. Right? So in other words, God prepares chow for me in the presence of my enemies. Are you with me? He did not say God prepares a table for me in the presence of my friends or presence of believers. Uh -uh. He said in the presence of my enemies. So if I want God's provision... I must have what? If I want God to provide for me, I must have what? Enemies are good. I don't want a life without enemies. If you don't have enemies, that means there's nothing that you're doing that is different from your enemies. You are the same as them. Whenever you do something different, you got to have some enemies because the devil always attacks that which does not look like him. <laughs> I gotta have some enemies. Listen, if I don't have enemies, I must go on a fast and fast and pray. Father, I need enemies. Send me enemies. Enemies are an indication to me that I am on the right track. Some of you guys, why is this happening to me? Why don't they like me? Why do they? They have to hate you. They hated Jesus. Who do you think you are? Uh, they hated Jesus. They lied about him. Hello. They misrepresented him. They ridiculed him. They rejected him. The Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. And they killed him. Listen, if you are a nice person and you know that you are a nice person and you know that you are always treating people well and still they hate you, good. But if you are not a nice person and you are mean to people and you're always grumpy and ugly as if you're drinking lemon juice and people hate you, harvest. (laughs) If you don't like your harvest, change your seeds. Amen, family? So what was I saying? So he says, love your wife as Christ loved the church, right? Love your wife because of the church. You know what we do? 
Um, and, 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 and this wife that Christ loved, this church that Christ loved, was it a perfect church? Can you give me some of the characteristics of the church, how it was, some of the conditions of the church that Christ loved? They, 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 they hated him. Mm-hmm. They, they, they had unbelief. They did not even believe in him. He said, they were rebellious. Mm-hmm. Huh? They were unforgiving. That's why they were killing him. They rejected him. They lied about him. Mm-hmm. They did what? They denied him. Even the closest one. Aye, aye, aye. Hey, we've seen you with him. We've even talked about They denied him. Imagine, 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 imagine. Some people come, I'm walking on the streets and everything. People, they have me, then I see you as, as a church member of mine. I'm like, hey, Tuli, come help me here. And, everything. and then you see those people that are holding me. I don't know him. <laughs> are you with me? So, this church that he loved, that he died for, that he was born and lived and died for, did him so wrong. They, this church did not deserve anything of him. And he says, I mean, he loved this church, right? He even died for the church that killed him. This is the church that was killing him. He died for it. And he even said, he even prayed for this church, these people. He prayed for them. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. He excused them. From their actions. Excuse people from their actions. Find reasons to excuse people from their actions. If they hurt you, find an excuse. Maybe they were in a bad mood. Maybe they're not having a good day. If they do something, tell. If they lie about you, find an excuse. No, maybe they're not on their right mind. Find an excuse to forgive. They're still sleepy. No, I'll pray for morning. Are you with me? Find excuses for people. Find excuses for people. Because if you don't find excuses for people, you'll find reasons to hold on to offense and unforgiveness and hatred. Find excuses for people. When you find excuses for people, it will always help you forgive them. 